Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jennifer Mertlin in the house? Hey, Monica. Excited to talk about money today. Oh, my God. Do we have to? Yes. That's why we work is to make money. You wouldn't guess that based on some of these people and how they operate, but that's why I work. Jen, don't go insulting our listeners. We do not need that. No, we're here to help. We're here to give you a dose of something that we all need, right? And I am super excited that we have a guest today. I love it when we have guests on because uh, we usually get so much good information. And I have a feeling that Sari is going to school us a little bit. I think so. So Sari Ibrahim, is that right? Awesome. He is the host of Think Like a Bank podcast and founder of Financial Asset Protection. He's a real estate investor and he is here to help us. He knows all things money and here to help us. Here to help us make more money, save some money, pay the right taxes, all that, right, Sari? Right. Right, right. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Give us the backstory so we can relate to how you got to the level of knowledge that you have and what you're going to share with us today. Like, well, what's the story here? Yeah. And I don't know everything about money. I just know I just know enough to help clients. And this journey started when I was doing my MBA. And I started working my first like professional job was working at Allstate. So I was in sales and marketing, working with a lot of business owners and real estate investors and like working on like commercial insurance policies and all types of different insurance policies. That kind of opened my eyes to how like money works and how people relate to money. You could imagine like when it comes to insurance, it's not necessarily the first thing you want to buy. There's a lot of importance behind it, but that led me into starting the company Financial Asset Protection. So what we are is we're a financial services firm. We help and coach clients in different financial matters like saving for retirement, building passive streams of income, selling their business, starting a business. Uh, We kind of keep it as open-ended as possible and really help clients in any situation, whether it's like getting out of debt or they have like enough money to invest for that over the next 20 years, whatever the case is, we we try to be like as open-ended as possible with them. And then we also have the podcast, as you mentioned, Thinking Like a Big Podcast. And the objective behind the podcast was to share more awareness about like how money works and how to save it, how to save on taxes. And I know like one interesting thing is like a lot of people think that you have to always spend money to make money. So we've kind of right. like hung some of those myths in our podcast and with our client strategies as well. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that today because that is like most of us think that we can like out earn our stupidity because we're in sales and we can sell anything. Like we can sell ice to an Eskimo or whatever yeah. that dumb saying is. <laughs> but like. Do you have to spend money to make money? What do you? Yeah. So as a as a business owner myself, I've learned this the hard way. Like there are just certain things that are principles, right? Like core principles. And they're different for different different people, different situations, different industries. But either way, like we all have principles. And if you skip those principles, it just makes your life a lot harder. So like one of the things I've I've been doing is and sometimes you have to establish your own principles and follow your own principles. And honestly, one should definitely be don't spend more than you make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like, and then, like, let's just say you're in your business now and you're listening to this, like, all right, how can I grow my business without spending more money? A couple of different things. So, number one is 
differentiate your goals from your business and then from your team. So that's a big factor too, is I talk to a lot of business owners during financial analysis meetings and they're always like, well, my goals, I don't know, make a lot of money or just that it stops there. Like they weren't thinking clearly about it. I, including myself, I was in the same situation. So identify your goals, get very clear on what you want, make it as clear as possible. Like instead of saying, I want a lot of money, say I want 25,000 or $30,000 a month in monthly income or whatever that means, because different words mean different things to different people. So identify what it means to you and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then differentiate that from your business too. Like, does your business have goals beyond you? Usually mm-hmm. businesses last longer than people. So differentiate your business goals from yourself and then also your team. Like understand your team, like what their goals are, uh, and then make them consistent or congruent with everyone else's. Like they should match. And usually, when team when teams don't have the same goals, usually they don't they don't continue together. So really this get is, focus on the goals. Yeah, this is actually super huge that you started with this because in our business, real estate, I believe, and tell me that I'm wrong, Jen, which I'm sure you will, that. Agents don't think like that. Now, we always say you got to think like a business owner, and that's kind of a catchphrase and right. But I think that when we set goals, we say, I want to make $200,000 this year. And that is crossed into the business. That's not, I'm separate and I want to make 200 and this is yeah. what I want to do with my business. I don't think we think like that. So I think no. that's a super important asterisk right there. I also think one thing that you mentioned that we don't always think about too is that the business outlives the person in real estate, 99% of the time, that's not true, but it should be right. This is like you're saying, these are business principles. Mm -hmm. And if we think coupled with your point, Monica, that if our business outlives us, would you be spending your money differently Mm -hmm. to build something? I love that. Okay. What else do we need to be thinking about? What are the other principles? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like have like a processes or systems or like if then statements ready. Like if this happens in my, like if I'm in the middle of a closing and it doesn't work out, what do I do? And I know you guys probably train your agents on these things, but like have them documented and ready in place. So this way, what happens now is, is that you start to manifest solutions. You start to think ahead and Mm. you have a plan in place. Cause like one of the worst things is like, where you have to constantly improvise on running your business. So if you have these if then situations, like if that's what sales is, man, here. No, they should call us improvisers instead of realtors. Really? Who wants to write a process down? (laughs) Silly, silly. That's so boring, Sari. (laughs) All right. Talk to us because you're you're giving us a dose of medicine where we don't like to take. So keep going. (laughs) And then uh the one uh this is the third one. It's only three today that I'm that I want to share with you. I don't want to bore you guys too much. So there's only three principles. Uh, the third one is the financial tracker one. So this is what I do this every day. What I do is I track louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I, I track finances every single day. It only takes me five minutes to do this. So you can't say you don't have enough time in a day to do this. It takes me literally, I time it out five minutes every day. I log into like all my accounts, like and I have a, a like a Google tracker for this. So I put in like current amount and checking savings, other cash that I have in different places, retirement accounts, kind of lay all that out. And then how much I owe, like credit card debt other loans I have the balance as of that day. And then I also include how much I, I earned that day, whether what, whichever, from whatever source it is, how I earned it. And then what happens is that when you do this every single day, it's like an exercise now. Now you're training your mind, like you know your mental accounting very well. And that's actually a term like mental accounting is usually a bad thing. It just means like somebody asks you, how much money do you make? How much do you spend? Oh, I make 10,000 a month. I spend about 8,000. I have 2,000. In most situations, the, the mental accounting is usually off, like way off. And way when the accounting is way off, next thing you know, like you're in debt, you're you have all these financial problems because 
the data in your mind wasn't accurate. It wasn't building accuracy. Well, it's super easy for us too to be wrong because when we make a commission check, we're splitting it like so many ways. And so we think about it, we think about that check, not after everything, after we gave money to the broker, after Mm. we gave transaction coordinator, like whatever it is, we don't think about like what actually went in the bank. Yeah, exactly. And this goes back to the goals we talked about. Like, so making $200,000 this year is different between your business. And every realtor is a business owner. Like, even if you're a 1099 contractor, you are a business owner. You have your own entity, your own business. So that's there's a difference between you earning gross two hundred thousand versus you walking away with two hundred thousand. Right. Maybe there's I don't know what the percentages are, but let's just say it's a 50-50 margin split. Like, so that means if you want if the realtor wants two hundred thousand to bring to his or her family, they probably need to sell about four hundred thousand by the time they yes. get rid of broker fees, the the cost of making that money, all their expenses, all the whatever it takes to get to that money. There's a cost for that, so you need to consider that. So. Having a tracker in place makes your numbers more accurate. And then when your numbers are more accurate, your decisions become more accurate throughout the day. You start thinking, all right, I need to go on 10 appointments this week, not five because of the numbers. The numbers were in. Yeah, but see, then the problem is, is those then are like, oh, shit, I spend way too much money for the amount of business I'm willing to do. You know, <laughs> like you like yeah. the reality hits you, right? You're like, oh, crap, I got to generate so many leads in order yeah. to fund my life. I guess the alternative would be like you could go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. And then even and then it's, it's the same situation in other businesses. It's not like other businesses have mm-hmm. zero cost right. to do business. So it's a general business principle, actually. Right, right. right. Sarah, you said something I'm interested in. Your daily exercise, five minutes, and you yeah. said a Google tracker. So is this basically your personal balance sheet and you just do it every day? Ex- precisely. That's exactly what it is. It's a balance sheet that I do every single day. Okay, and you can Google also use YNAB though, Monica. Have you heard of YNAB? Yeah, you could use it for sure. You're right. You could use YNAB. You could use QuickBooks. You could use there's like there's Rocket Money. There's a bunch of different platforms you could use. I believe it or not, I'm not really that big on software. I recommend it for clients and for people listening. Like, look into software makes it easier. I just like to use like a simple tracker. And this brings me to my next point: is that if you get too held up on like software and different technology, it might create some resistance because now you have mm-hmm. to download YNAB, you have to learn it. They're fairly easy to use. So I don't want to discourage you, but I just don't, but I also don't want you to get too hung up on like the technical parts of this. Like I gotta watch Great fifty videos because some people are like that. Like I have to watch fifty videos on this online tracker mm-hmm. before I started. And I think yes. just do it, do it first. Like make it as simple as possible. My mentor always asked me like when he and I are having our mentor meetings. And I come up with this idea or this marketing thing or this other thing I want to do. He asked me, like, if it were easy, what were look, what would it look like? Like, if this nice. was super simple. So you want to have that kind of carry that forward. Like, if this was easy, what would it look like? No, that's good. That's a quote right there. If this was easy, what would it look like? Yeah. I got answers for that. <laughs> but nobody <laughs> wants to hear them. Oh, my gosh. So Jen and I often talk about, we fight about different approaches to the business. Jen's very transactional. I'm a little bit more relationship-based. And I'm wondering, I hear your principles. They're across the board. But tell me about this idea that spending money to make money, these marketing dollars that agents... I mean, we get hit up all the time with every solution, fast, silver bullet, the whole nine yards. But this concept of thinking like a business owner, making spending money to make money, 
what are your thoughts around that from a small business owner like most agents are if you look at it like would this be a good, would this be a good time to take a quick break oh let's come back to that question yeah. sure. yes let's, let's hear it take a quick break hear word from our favorite partner and when we will turn we will talk about return on investment i imagine Ooh, that's a good way okay Hey guys, Monica here. I want to talk to you about one of the favorite partnerships and tools that I have in my real estate business, and you're going to want it in your real estate business too. It's a Choza Home Warranty. The best in the business, guys. They're different. They're different. And after all, isn't that what we want? Something that finally works for our homeowners. Achosa does a couple things different, but the one thing I want to highlight right here is that they let you choose your own contractors. Yes! That's what Achosa means after all, the ability or the power to choose. And so when your homeowner has something that needs fixed, they can call their own contractor and have them come in and get the quote and right there on the spot, call the Achosa Home Warranty customer service and they will approve the work right then and there and your contractor can get started and the problem can be solved and we're out the door. Isn't that awesome? So Achosa Home Warranty, guys, here's what you need to know. Use code Fight Club when you sign your buyer or seller up and that will give them $25 off their policy. $25 off with Fight Club. If you need to call, here's their number, 888. 509-2916, 888-509-2916. Achosa, A-C-H-O-S-A, Home Warranty, (sighs) Fight Club for $25. Go get it. Welcome back to the Battle Inside of the Ring. Today we are talking about, do you have to spend money to make money? What are some money principles we need to be thinking about? Look, we're giving you a big spoonful of some stuff you might not want to take, but your business needs it. Your wallet needs it. You're feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. That means you need it. That's right. So, Sari, do we? What do you recommend for agents in the way of thinking about ROI and spending money on their database? I mean, their clients, their past clients, their sphere of influence, that kind of thing. Generating leads, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a concept uh, called Profit First, and it's, it's also a book, Profit First. Yes, it's a good book. I've read it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it talks about like allocations. So for instance, because this is something where it's confusing. Let's just say you sold a property, you're at closing, you get $10,000 as your commission check. Now what? Like, what do you do with that? Assuming that's all yours to keep, the fees are already out of that. Now what? Now, and the thing is, you don't want to improvise in that situation. Well, I'll buy $1,000 worth of leads. I'll buy, I'll pay this much towards my credit card. Rather, if you have allocations in place where it's like 10% goes to my pocket, 50% goes to my expense account, 15% goes to taxes. And however, it has it broken down between expenses taxes, mm-hmm. the owner's pay, profit, and then your income. We need so, a wine budget. Yeah. <laughs> so when, you have these different, when you have these different buckets, it gives you clarity on where that money should go. And then when you, in, the, in the example of like leads, that would fall in the expense bucket. And then I would probably even limit that with an expense bucket. So that means that if it goes into the expense bucket, not the entire expense bucket isn't just for leads. Within that bucket, you also have like other buckets now, like leads and other costs, like gas or car maintenance, other fees, other expenses like that, because you're probably driving a lot as a realtor. So maybe the leads could be maxed at like 10% of the expense. So that means if your expense budget is like 10,000 for the year, for instance, then it's like $1,000 max a year in leads. So that'll help the agents with more clarity as to like how much they should spend in different areas. And then if you're not at that, then some, some people might try to say, well, what if I like borrow money? to use for leads. 
and I'm kind of like mixed about that. I think there's there should be certain limits because you don't have to think about paying that that back. So you don't want to fall into these things. I have also learned that sometimes, like if you're having like a lead problem and or other sort of marketing problem, it's not necessarily that problem itself. It's also other things like have you completely exhausted your client base? Have you tried to figure out free ways of getting leads? Have you tried social media? Have you mm-hmm. have you tried right. writing content, starting a podcast? Like there could be other things you could be doing that will be much less. Like, are you actually working the leads? Like if you change the the lead source and you're not actually working, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, precisely. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like when I used to work with this marketing organization and then the owner was like, you can get leads from the Super Bowl, but if you don't have the work ethics in place, they'll just be pointless leads. So even the quality of leads could be pointless if you haven't structured your work ethic, if you're not outworking, calling leads. So maybe we'll work on that first before you think about buying leads. Uh, oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, Sari's throwing it down today. These are the lessons we need. Now you know why I wanted to have him on because I'm tired of saying this. I know. We need an expert <laughs> to say it. Well, this all boils down to agents just don't think like businesses. And if they get a $10,000 check and they their credit cards are up to $30,000, they are just going to take all of that and try to get out of debt. What do you think about, okay, so there's a a lead source company that calls you and says, hey, it costs this much. And if you sell one thing from this lead source, it's paid for itself. And that's why you should buy this lead source. Mm -hmm. How Run us through your evaluation and thought process with that situation like that. Yeah. So first step is I would ask, well, how much is each lead? And then how much leads can I expect to get? And then I would compare those numbers and how often are you planning on buying those leads? So I've dealt with a lot of lead generation services. And what I've learned is it has to be like consistent. It it can't just be like, I want to just buy one lead right now. It has to be like, I want to buy 10 or 15 leads a month over the next six or seven months. So that way you can actually get the hang of those leads. So Mm -hmm. it's somewhat of a, 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 not long-term, but there's a strategy in play. So Mm -hmm. I would think about how long I'm going to use it. And I would compare that to your income last year and then your projected income this year and if the total cost of leads is like more than probably five or ten percent of your gross income it's too high it's too high of a ratio to spend because there's other expenses you have like aside from your living expenses you also have other business expenses like continuing education i know like you have like mls fees like you have your licensing fees your business Mm -hmm. cards i think some realtors pay rent like you have these other fees that go into play in your business so you don't want to just be all focused on the lead part so that's, that's how I would run through that, that equation. What do you, I don't know if this is getting into something you're not comfortable recommending, because obviously this would depend on individual circumstances, but do you recommend that every agent sets up as an escort or an LLC or something and, and sets their business up that way? Yeah, I think eventually, yes. I think it's, it's good to get incorporated because I think overall, when you are incorporated, you save on taxes. I know one of the biggest uh, distinctions is the, S corp and saving on your self-employment taxes. So that's probably the, the most common one, but talk to your accountant or lawyer about that because I can't give advice on that. But you are, that's a good point that you bring that up. I think eventually you have to incorporate just to save on taxes for liability reasons too. But I think that if you're new to uh, being a realtor or new in business, that should be one of the last things on your mind is like, what do you, because I've seen a lot of business owners that get stuck like, oh, I want, I should have LLC. I shouldn't have a C corp. They don't I'm, even have a c- customer. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're not getting yeah. paid. Hey, we call that getting ready to get ready. Oh my yeah, God. Exactly. Working on business cards. Yeah. Make money, 
actually make profits and then like circle back and you know do this yeah. LLC, S Corp, C Corp, all that stuff like later on after you make money. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, that is so true. All right. Before we tell people how to get a hold of you, is there anything else you want to share with our group that you think would help when you think of realtors and what we need most besides what you just dished out? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that with realtors, another common thing is that they don't have benefits. Like they usually have to make their own benefits. Like oh, we do. Except if oh, really? If you're at EXP, you have benefits. You have health benefits, and you have like retirement benefits too. Okay. But, but you're but right. Sorry, we don't have all. Not our listeners are from every brokerage. So yeah. go on with your thought. Yeah, exactly. So like, if you don't have these retirement benefits from work, I think you need to create some sort of method of your own. There's a lot of different ways of doing it. So like, yeah. you can get an IRA, you can, you know, you get a self-directed IRA. There's many different ways of getting your own retirement plans outside of work. You don't need a job for retirement benefits. Mm-hmm. But I think you should look into one strategy. It's called the infinite banking concept. A lot of, a lot of real estate investors know about the strategy. And there's a book called Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. Check out that book. If you reach out to me, I'll send you that book for free. So it's it's called becoming your own banker, and it talks about the strategy. I think it would help a lot of realtors and people who are self-employed because of you don't usually don't have benefits like retirement benefits, so you can use this as like your retirement benefit. Mm, I love this. Interesting. You might be interested, Sari. One cool thing about the company that Jen and I happen to be with, and again, we yeah. we love all agents from all brokerages. We just happen to be positioned in a brokerage with a a partner that understands that there's got to be more than just selling another house to make more money. So we do have benefits. We also have revenue share, which mm-hmm. can be tied in with some of the stock that we earn as we yeah. sell. And these, we have a mechanism here to begin to think about retirement, mm-hmm. which is kind of very unique in our industry. So coupled with probably a lot of the things you can share with us through podcast or your other offerings, I think agents are starting to see that there's got to be a different way to end this career. More dignified yeah. way, you yeah. know, right. Level Whether up. Own. Yeah. And look, if you're financially mature enough to manage this on your own, and some agents are great, I would say 98% of most agents, they're just not, they just don't mm-hmm. think like that. So mm-hmm. we need you, Sari. Yes. We need people like you for Thank sure. You. Yeah, for sure. So if people wanted the podcast is think like a bank podcast. Yes. You're thinking like a bank podcast. Thinking like like a bank. bank. Thank you. And if people want to get a hold of you or they want a copy of that becoming your own banker book, what is the best way to get into your world? Yes. Just go to thinkinglikeabank.com. It's the website called thinkinglikeabank.com. You can go there. You can schedule an appointment with me. I'll send you a free copy of the book. You could check out our YouTube channel, my LinkedIn page. All everything is found at thinkinglikeabank.com. And you do coaching for people? I do financial coaching for people, yes. So I can coach you through any kind of financial goals you want to achieve in the next year or so. I could I could help you, whether it's getting out of debt, saving for retirement, having a financial, a strong financial outlook on your future. I could help you with that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. So That's much good so information. Fun. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Monica. Well, Jen, do you want to tell people? Like, (laughs) I'm like over here, like, man, that is some good stuff. I want that book. I want to download the podcast. That's all I'm thinking about. I got to read that book. I mean, the points that that you shared, Sari, are just like right in between the eyes. It's like stuff that we already know, but we're not doing. And it's like crap. But yes, 
please connect with Monica and I. And if you are looking to level up your business and your life, feel free to give me a call or a text. We can help you. 513-400-1691. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.